As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Good morning and welcome to On Farm. I am Anna Davis and this morning you might be able to hear the birds cheeping because it is one of those classically beautiful autumn mornings. The sun is out, there's not a cloud in the sky and um, I'm looking forward to a good day actually. I'm heading just about 20 minutes down the road from where I live, so a nice easy journey. Um, to spend some time with uh, Angus Elder, who is an organic farmer uh, based here near me in East Lothian. And I'm going to be talking to him all about his farming enterprise, um, the history behind it, his family behind it, um, what he does now, what his plans are for the future and his views on organic farming, sort of past, present and future. So um, I'm really looking forward to having a good catch up and it's made even better by the fact that we can be outside in this glorious weather so um, just about to catch up with Angus now. Hello I'm Angus Elder and I am 27 years old I am an organic farmer in partnership with my dad here in North Berwick East Lothian and we farm vegetables and potatoes mainly with some cereals and herbal lays. So where are we off to just now then? We are off to the vegetable field. Um, we've got well one of uh, one of three actually. So um, in this field we've got kind of cabbages and leeks, and a bit of kohlrabi, some okay. celeriac, other little things. Oh, so. cool! Right, so you can show me. There'll probably be some things that I don't actually recognise. So um, you can show me what's what. Got maybe three fields, I would say. One with carrots and parsnips in it. And then this other one that we're going to has got beetroot, cabbage, kohlrabi, leeks. There's some sheep here on the left. Are they awesome? Um, yeah, they are. We overwinter sheep. They're not our sheep. Oh, okay. uh, they are yep. uh, you know, on an overwintering deal. So we just we do the fencing and we kind of look after them mm-hmm. and uh, get paid on a per week per head basis. Oh, I see, yeah. And then how does that work then with the rest of the organic farming that, that you do? How, how do the sheep play into that? Uh, the sheep are a big part of it, to be honest. Um, so they kind of graze the two-year herbal lays that we use as our fertility builders. We also kind of use them on cover crops and for weed control. Um, my father was a big sheep man. Um, <laughs> he, he was... He, this place was just about all in sheep when he grew up. Um, oh, was it? Right. Yeah, so he's, he just can't get can't get rid of the itch to have livestock. Um, 
So but, it keeps uh, them happy. It does, yeah. Good. But no, honestly, they've got their they've got their place definitely. January King and Kale up there. Oh yes. And then you've got all your leeks, which I stay in one. Can we jump out and go and yeah, have a look? Of course. Is that right? Um most of the people who listen to this podcast have got some kind of farming interest or knowledge but not necessarily in, in a hugely in-depth way. And you're obviously farming organically here. Not everybody will have a clear understanding of what that means exactly. But if we take the leeks, for example, in front of us, how are you farming leeks differently to somebody who's farming in a conventional way? I think the main difference between what, and certainly in leeks, um, is the amount of fertiliser. I know the conventional guys use a lot of fertiliser on leeks. Um, upwards of 200 kilograms of nitrogen a hectare but yeah obviously weed control is a huge thing for us weed leeks are not that competitive between the rows um you'll see there's a few weeds yeah, there yeah so do you have to manually take those out then yeah, yeah so we have a kind of range of weeding equipment um having the right tool for the job is massively important so you have to have several bits of kit um, at different yes. times to be able to pull out your armory um, yeah. and hand weeding is one of them definitely so it would be very wrong and probably very insulting to suggest that you plant the leeks and then just leave them to get on with oh, it no, there's a huge amount not. of work that goes in no 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 in. there's yeah. a huge amount of work that goes in I couldn't tell you how many hours a, hours a hectare it is <laughs> but I could probably work it out but it's yeah it's pretty it's very labour intensive. Well, whatever you're doing, to, to the untrained eye here, they look pretty healthy. Are you quite happy with them this year? Yeah, we are. Um, there's little bits of rust going through them, but I think that's varietal. Well, I suppose speaking of which, the farm here converted to organic over 20 years ago, but you're mm. maybe old enough to remember that, but you weren't actually farming then, were you? Um, yeah. So, but, but in terms of the sort of the philosophy behind organic farming what what is it exactly that that got your dad interested and kind of keeps you interested and and keeps you farming in this way i think if you speak to him he'll be quite honest with you and say it was a business decision quite honestly at the time i think he just believed that commodity prices weren't the way forward and that we were always going to be stuck at the bottom of the food chain in that sense um in terms of what drives us and me now is probably it sounds terrible but I enjoy hard work quite honestly uh, I enjoy, well, the, I, I enjoy the whole I enjoy the whole organisation <laughs> side of it in terms of um, you know there's a lot of people on farm um, and log- logistics yes. and all that comes into play you know you can't do all that yourself you have to have two or three good people around you to do all yeah, that um, yeah and I suppose that's what comes with organic and this type of business is you have lots of people around you a world apart from um, one man on a tractor and a, on a cereal farm, I suppose. But yeah, that's an sense. interesting point, actually, because um, if you were farming the same acreage and conventionally, you wouldn't need as many people. Um, and actually, I suppose I've never really thought about it in terms of, you know, you think about generally, you think about farming providing employment for local people. But actually, I suppose, yeah, that's interesting because you've got more of a requirement for human labour uh, yeah. than, than conventional farming, which which is 
which is good in a situation where there are many people looking for work locally. But has yeah. it been challenging lately? Because you know we keep hearing about broccoli going to waste in Fife and that the soft fruit guys really struggling. Have you had any challenges with labour recently? Touchwood, have we've been okay. Um, I yeah. think oh, that might come. That might change come Christmas time when everybody, because mm. everybody needs extra people at Christmas. Um, things could get tight, but Touchwood, we've been okay because we're needing labour all year round um, we're seen as a kind of a good customer to the, the agency so we kind of get looked after yeah, very, yeah. quite well in they'll that make sense. sure that they service your needs because yeah. you're a regular yeah which is totally good. fair enough I suppose yeah yeah you don't obviously you didn't remember the, the conversion so I suppose you don't in terms of your own farming career you don't know any different how long no. how long have you actually been farming yourself now I have been home now fully for seven years what is it about the principles of organic farming that Mm. that keeps you doing it i suppose the answer there is seeing that quite honestly there's no drop in quality uh i think there's a preconception that uh, organic vegetables are more expensive and slightly uglier um that's absolutely not true i think we can certainly in terms of quality and yield we can match in nearly every every crop Nearly every crop we can match conventional. Um, Gosh, yield as well? Uh, maybe not quite, but uh, in terms of what you're putting in, I believe it to be more beneficial, yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah th- what you're saying is really interesting because the, org- the organic farmers that I've spoken to in the past, I suppose, have all given me the same or a similar answer. And the first time I heard that answer, it maybe, maybe wasn't the answer I was expecting. Hmm. And that answer is... It's a business decision first and foremost it's been done based on a desire to to keep financially sustainable i suppose and to grow financially but then every organic farmer that i've spoken to has said that actually that might come first but it's never the only thing it's always followed by or supported by a, a pure belief in what you're actually doing and I suppose you can't maybe talk for somebody who's converted themselves because you've always farmed this way. But do you think that that was part of your dad's thinking as well? After the, the financial decision, that actually the whole ethos was something that he was like, yeah, actually now I'm all in as far as this is concerned yeah, too. Definitely. Um, the ethos changed massively. Um, certainly, even just in my seven, oh, so well, it's actually six, six years that uh, I've been here, we've seen so many changes in uh, the land and the environment I'm, I won't speaking to my dad I think uh, he actually wishes he recorded some more stuff before he was organic almost in to compare in terms of wildlife around here of course you can hear the geese going over right now yeah <laughs> of course we've got no numbers for that um, no which I wish no. we did um, but uh, huge increases definitely um, in everything partridges uh, deer, rabbits, absolutely everything. Sp- huge, big spider webs on the grass. You see them yes, all, all the time. Yes, I can see them. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of wildlife and how our soils are functioning now, are massively different. Um, our pHs have magically risen uh, just with re- reducing fertilizer. I think, um, although a bit of that was compost as well. I'd like to grow the vegetable side of the business. Um, mm-hmm. I believe we've got capability within what we're doing to, even just within this land, to increase it more. 
sustainability i mean that is in sort of more as our resilience against um loss of labor and mm. external factors than um payments and that that come and go mm. uh reduce our reliance on that really that's kind of where i see in the next few years on a long-term basis and probably my lifetime i'd like to see more of a kind of sustainable view in terms of an environmental point we've got to the point where we're profitable so that we need to kind of turn that into increasing wildlife habitats we've just planted Maybe fifteen hundred trees over in wow, yeah. part of the farm that was round our reservoir, which wasn't being used as productive arable land. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that's going to be a sort of wildlife haven, and we can possibly look at, we'll see, look at some agroforestry. So uh, organic is obviously fundamental word to what you do, but also from what you're saying, you know, there's a whole amount there in terms of sustainability resilience regeneration you know it's it's all kind of comes as one mm. package i suppose doesn't it really regeneration that's the key yes. word isn't it <laughs> it is it is what i actually did was i found an old map of my granddad's from uh well that should be before my granddad uh oh, wow. it'd be early 1800s um oh way before him yeah. and uh it had the split sections of each field uh-huh. and see well you'll see how we've got kind of hedgerows along yes, there yes yeah uh it had a, a different sign for hedge and a different sign for tree so it oh, pretty okay. had pretty much yeah. marked every single tree along each hedge line yes so i've tried i say very loosely tried to copy it of what how it was back then yeah, essentially wow. so you'll see how there's like the spacings are a bit odd yes that's yes. but that's you copying i'm trying map. to copy yeah. this map oh, I like that um, idea. but um i think there are a lot of people considering organic conversion now mm-hmm. um so if somebody's out there thinking about converting what what would you say to them i would say <laughs> well i'm i don't know i'm quite limited to vegetables and cereals and kind of arable farming as such but i would say absolutely go for it you will have you will come across problems that are quite big problems uh but i think certainly with weed issues we found that it's just really a case of not making some one dominant species uh having such a, a wide as wide a diversity as possible and mixing things up totally can change your weed profile yeah, I guess I guess if you don't like problems of any sort, you shouldn't be any kind of farmer, should you? So, <laughs> yeah. um if the if the idea that um that the conversion is going to be challenging, you then you have to I suppose you have to be open to the fact that it's going to be a bit challenging, but um there are plenty of people out there to help and and I suppose that's where it's really important to mention SOPA, Scottish Organic Producers Association because they provide that amazing support for anybody considering or going through the conversion process and they can provide advice and signposting and and everything else but then they can also uh, they've also got access to people like you who can provide that advice from a practical point of view Mm -hmm. yes we've done it having always farmed organically and with your dad having had 20 plus years of experience um, you must still sometimes come across problems and need help from other people surely Oh, absolutely. That knowledge sharing is massively important, yeah. Yeah. If you can find the right person who's doing the same thing as you. Well, exactly, and I don't think anybody... I suppose occasionally in farming you come across people who want to 
play all their cards close to their chest and they don't want to share any of their <laughs> advice or their secrets. But um, but by and large, you know, pe- people want to help other people and, and give them the benefit of their experience. So I suppose that's what it's all about, isn't it? Asking the right people the right questions. Uh, what about your market? Where where does that come from? You know, we've got mm-hmm. thousands upon thousands of leaks <laughs> here. Um, where Where are they going to go? So the majority of them will go to box schemes. Um, okay, yeah. That is the bulk of a lot of our vegetable business. Wholesalers is the other big market. Yeah, it's kind of grown arms and legs from uh, yeah. from where we were twenty years ago. Um, trying to be, well, it really started with cabbage, potatoes, and carrots, mm-hmm. and then uh, it kind of got to the point where oh, well, we could try a little bit of leeks, we could try a little bit of fresh cabbage, we could try a little bit of parsnips, we could, you know, it kind of... Yeah. Uh, it's kind of to get to the point where we are today, growing uh, 60 acres of vegetables as such. Right, yes, And then yes. moving uh, roughly 90 acres of potatoes. Mm-hmm. And do you think that... We spoke about the bot schemes and everything... Um, do you think that that is more challenging for you than conventional farmer? Um, because it might just all be going all be going away to one place in a one. Whereas you've actually got lots of different customers to keep happy. Yeah. That's you said earlier. You quite like logistics. It sounds like that's quite lucky because there must well, be a lot of logistics involved in what's going like where it. when. Um, <laughs> well, it's definitely more juggling. Definitely per per kilo or per ton you know for example the stuff that goes away to the potatoes that go away to a packer well you organize one lorry and there's 25 ton away uh whereas yeah, whereas yeah. here it's uh, okay there's three nets of leeks over here this person wants three nets of leeks bag of celeriac two two bags of carrots three bags of onions yeah there's definitely a lot more mm. sorting out goes on but that's all part of the fun, you know, and that's yes. uh, that's what you have the people around for. And interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So we can see two tractors over the way here. Oh, yeah. Can you just talk us through what they're up to? So the first tractor is topping out mm-hmm. the front. That's I think that's carrots actually on the other side there. Yeah, we go through the kind of flail topper, um, just. And then the other tractor is a harvester, which we will be out this afternoon ah, harvesting right. carrots. Cool. Um, what we found is the key to keeping up with orders is to keep get lots of stuff in store mm-hmm. at this time of year, November, so ah, that I when see. you get yes. really busy at Christmas time and even into start of January, yeah. uh, you've got it in store. It's ready. And, mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. everything happens a lot. Yeah. Oh wow, look at this. This is a haven of wildlife. This is definitely a good place to stop and have a chat. Ducks, um, ducks yeah. Where's the geese? <laughs> so we're standing here. Um, this is a reservoir, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, so where does the water from here go? Uh, well, it's primarily for irrigation, but it's, oh, okay, beca- yes. it's become uh, a bit of a, a wildlife centre. <laughs> well, as we um, can see, yeah, the geese were all on it when we pulled up, and you say there are ducks in the corner, and this is where all the trees are, so we're standing right next to... Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, how many thousand did you say? There's 1,200. 1,200, wow, yeah. Oh, no, I think we, we built this in 
just just when we went organic actually oh did you uh-huh um, for the purposes of irrigation yeah, yeah that was the main purpose it's certainly proved its worth in recent years definitely mm. um we've had two or three dry summers where we've been pulling out of here yes just about 24 yeah. 7 gosh so. wow so, so such a handy resource yeah yeah now there was another question i wanted to ask you you you're a busy guy you said you like being busy you've got plenty of stuff to do on the farm um you could just say to yourself right well i'm happy being an organic farmer i'm just gonna put my head down and get on with it um but you didn't really think that because you've joined the board of, of SOPA, the Scottish Organic Producers Association, and so you're contributing to them and their their progress and their policy and, and everything else. What was it that motivated you to do that? I really just wanted to have a better understanding of the whole industry and what other member producers were thinking and doing. And on the board, there's some very uh, forward-thinking intelligent people and that's what the people you want to surround yourself with mm. so you finding it then that um we've kind of talked already about how sometimes you can benefit other people by you know them coming to visit and learn mm. from you but it sounds as though you're benefiting as well from yeah, learning from from others and that's all part of it isn't it you, nothing stands still absolutely yeah i suppose I, I for existing organic farmers or for those considering converting to organic what do you think SOPA delivers why do you think they're so essential I mean this is not you know this is absolutely not a a sales plug but it's about helping people you know people who want to convert or already organic need support as you've identified many times but uh, and SOPA can deliver that but how do you feel that that they're able to do that I mean I suppose the certification part of it is essential because then it's really the reason of look at regenerative agriculture and how it's not certified at the moment. Mm. It's all a bit wishy-washy, quite honestly, uh, <laughs> at the moment. Yes. Uh, the organic part of it is really putting a rubber stamp on it and having a standard that everyone's met. Yeah, um, which is essential, and that's what that's what you need to be able to run your business, and it's what the ultimate customer yeah. wants as well, isn't it? And I think um, you know, there's so many great people Debs and Joanna have been part of that that you can just pick up the phone and if you've ever got a problem you can mm. just ask a simple question and if they're not able to answer it well you can put you in touch with someone who, who maybe has done that before or um, another yeah. another member who's been through the same issues like you said earlier I suppose it's it's quite succinct really it's just that 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 you know you learn from other people and other people learn from you and it's only by coming together through events uh, either physical or online or having the opportunity just to pick up the phone that anybody can do that so it's just, yeah. yeah a support network i guess which is essential yeah yeah um certainly with the certification process it's always great to have somebody to speak to um, yeah just to make sure am i actually allowed to do this or yeah yeah, yeah. is that that's right enough yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You're you're a young guy. Um, you've got your whole farming career ahead of you. You know what? What are your hopes and kind of aspirations for the future of not just your farm but organic farming going forward? Uh, I hope that organic farming can pave the way almost for uh, a more sustainable future. Really, I suppose COP twenty six is very topical at the mm, moment, sure um, and. Uh, from a farming point of view, we can do so much better. And really, quite honestly, we're the technology's out there, and we we can do it. I really hope that 
organic farming in a, a sense not alone but in a sense can almost almost save the planet in a sense uh, mm. but i have heard it said and this is maybe a bit controversial but i have heard it said that organic farming despite its many virtues can't feed the whole planet what's your take on that my take on that is that there's so many other issues involved in feeding the, the planet if that's really your aim Distribution network is probably the largest issue there um, in terms of how food is moved around the world um, and bought and paid for. Yeah, I think our commodity system kind of speaks for its, itself there. We're, we're, we produce huge amounts of food and it's very cheap. And there's also these other environmental factors that are coming into play now. And... Uh, Organic farming alone may not feed the world, but uh, as a means of moving towards a better future, it definitely has a role to play, I would say. Excellent. Point to end on, I think, Angus. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you.